This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. For those of you who don't know us, this is my beautiful wife, Nastasha. Don't you guys think she's amazing? I don't know who of you have seen her, but she is amazing. She's really changing. Everywhere she goes, she changes lives, atmospheres, places, and she's really in love with God. I've yet to see someone so much in love with Jesus as Nastasha is. And it's a real honor to be married um, to her. And then I am more than just a husband. I'm also Stefan. Um, (laughs) And um, some of you might have known her, might know her, some not. But for those who, who don't know us at all, we got married in December 2016. So next year we will celebrate our long walk of two years of marriage. A lot of wisdom to share. Um, and, uh, um, and ever since our marriage, obviously I was in Islam at that time. Nastasha joined me here after our, our wedding. And um, we've, we've been in this congregation for two years now. And this is probably the most influential two years of, in both of our lives when it comes to our relationship with God. Um, I've, I'm saved now for 10 years. I celebrated on the 19th of October my 10-year birthday. Nastasha is, is serving God for the past 14 years. And, um, but there was no season in each of our lives since this last two years where God really just shifted stuff for us. And... Um, and, and, and we want to share that tonight. We want to we share what God's actually been doing and how fortunate we are to, um, to actually go away and to, to be different, leaving this place. Um, so obviously the past week or so, we had to think of, to put in words, what did God do? What really happened in this season? Because we can keep you busy for hours. Um, we can talk about loads of stuff and a lot of changes but um, we believe whatever we share tonight is actually what was key for us um, to, to walk out like in the in fullness. So I just want to pray for us um, before we start. Oh, Lord, thank you that you are present here tonight, God. It was such an, it was so lucky just to worship you, God, to know that you are here moving in our midst, God. And we invite, Lord, we invite you to change hearts tonight, to change lives, and to become more of a reality to each of us. Lord, we are trusting that each of us in this house tonight will leave here with more of you and closer to you than when we came here. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start off with testimonies of just God's, God being present in our lives and how that has changed or the effect of it. So, um, for instance, on, on Wednesday we had life group. We are life group leaders. And during worship... Um, God gave me a picture and a, word of, uh, and a word of encouragement for one of our members, for Daniel, who's missing the Manchester derbies to be here tonight. And um, I was contemplating whether I should share it or not. So I got the courage, walked across the room, and shared with, with Dan what I believe God was giving me. And I could see in his immediate response that obviously this has meant something to him. And I continued to ask, can I pray for you, Dan? And he said, yes. And as I was praying at one stage, I just put my hand on his head, and then God made himself present to Dan. And um, he just experienced this heat that rushed through his body. And we were sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, God 
being present, just, he just lost control, basically. He just fell into my lap. And God did a wonderful thing in his life at that moment. God did an amazing thing in his spirit, an amazing thing in his heart. And God made himself present to Dan in that moment. And what's even greater than this is, after this moment, Dan shared that like two minutes before I came there, he was praying to God, Lord, I am discouraged. I need a word of encouragement. Will you please send someone to encourage me? Huh? How great is our God to respond to a cry of his children and to show him that I am present, I'm hearing you, and I want to encourage you. Huh? Isn't that amazing? Then, like Monday, um, I was on a course in Port Elizabeth. So on Monday, the course stopped at 4 o'clock, so I was sitting in my bed and breakfast bed and just spending time with God. And in that moment, God's love and his character and who he is just overwhelmed me. I was, so, I was just, just tearing up, and I was just sitting there like, Oh, we serve an amazing God. How great is our God? And he was just present in that bed and breakfast for me. He just touched my heart. He just, he just spoke to my spirit. He was present there, and I could experience him in that moment. And that was amazing for me. It really energizes me. It really touches me. It really um, calls me into a deeper revelation of who God is. And, um, and there's a lot of testimonies. There's a lot of testimonies where God is present, and he changes stuff. Like in our house, plenty of times, some of our friends will do the Gruwe trek all the way to Kids Beach to visit us. People in Kanubi always feel like um, people say Kanubi is too far. Stay in Kids Beach, then we talk again. <laughs> Unless there's a park run, then they all come. Um, but uh, um, so a lot of times friends will visit us. And our heart is to, to, to make, it, make it known that God is present wherever we are. And um, like this one occasion... Uh, one of our friends came, it was his birthday, and he sat there, and he was really in a space of discouragement, to put it in one word. And God, just being present, all of a sudden just started giving words, just started reminding us of who, who God made that person. We could speak into his life. We could encourage. We could release hope. We could release um, what God has to say to him. And then the testimony of it is that when he left, afterwards he shared, that that was a change. Something happened in that moment in his life that's changed him. So these are just small testimonies of be God making himself present in us and through us. And I'm going to hand over to Nastasha now because she's got more testimonies to share. And so, by the way, she's got all the testimonies of Shofar Church. So if anyone is in need of any testimony, you can just ask my wife because she's like a library of testimonies. <laughs> like celebrating what God is doing. Um, but um, your last um, Sunday while we were at lunch, um, I was just sitting eating and asking God, what does he want to say to the waitress? And I felt he gave me a, a sentence. And so when, I, um, when we paid the bill, I was chatting to her and I just shared with her that message that I felt like was in my thoughts. And she looked at me and her eyes just started tearing up. And she's like... Um, I was lying on my bed last night talking to God about this exact thing you just said. And I was like, what? <laughs> that is amazing. And I was just chatting to her, like, um, where are you currently at with God? And um, just like, you're telling her about my journey with Jesus. And I asked her, do you want to give your life to Jesus right now? And so she said yes, because 
God spoke through me. His voice was present in that moment. He was right there, and she was like, wow, God just spoke. So I have to respond. I want to surrender my life to this God. And, <laughs> I mean, I can't say one sentence to a stranger that has that effect on people, but the presence and voice of God can. Um, so um, two weeks ago, while we were on the plane, um, to East London, I was sitting next to a lady, and I was just chatting to her, and I said to her, did you know that, like, before you were born, God thought of you, and he designed you in a very specific way, because he knew exactly what your life would look like, and don't you want to know why he designed you, and what your purpose is, and she's like, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and so I said, well, why don't we just ask him right now, and then we close our eyes, and then he just tells you, she's like, okay, so then we say like a one-liner, and we're like, God, please show me why you created me, and, and then a few seconds later, she looks at me, and she's like, um, God said this, and, and, and she was so excited, because he just spoke to her. So God was present. He just spoke to her. And, and then we had a long conversation on the plane also about how I gave my life to Jesus. And, um, and she said, I asked her at the end, do you also want to surrender your life to Jesus who just spoke to you, who was present here on the plane with you? And she's like, yes. And she gave her life to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's good. And then... On, on Friday morning, while I was just sitting in my room, spending time with Jesus, there was this moment where he just said something. And you know when he just says something that's like you know that he's speaking and he was right here and you feel it, like your whole body feels when he spoke. He, he was just so present and he said to me, um, and it was quite significant in that moment, but he said, Nastasha, do you know that I really care for you? And it's so simple, but in that moment, it, he was just so present. And, yo, um, that's like stories from the past two weeks, but that's what God's been like. He's been so present in, in our times with him alone every day and, and present wherever we are, on the plane, on our couch, in our life group, wherever. He's just been so present but it was for the past two years but it wasn't like that two years ago I've been journeying with God for for 14 years and and Stefan like you said for 10 years it wasn't like that two years ago <laughs> like in my first 12 years of knowing God I think I led this is a very rough figure but six or seven people to to surrender their lives to Jesus and I counted um, the other day and I think in the past two years I've led 40 to 50 people to commit their lives to Jesus. Now, that, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and, um, the effect is just massive, like in the past two years, but it wasn't like that. And the same for Stefan, it wasn't like that. Yeah, two years ago when I prayed for people, nothing happened. <laughs> like, I would walk away, the person would walk away, and no, none of us would feel like God was present in that moment. Although it was good prayers, biblical, and all of that. But it, was, it had no effect. But this past couple of months and, and almost two years, I've just realized there's an effect when I pray for people. Like Dan experiencing that heat. I can't manufacture that. People experiencing the love of God, the effect of them just feeling loved or experiencing a peace that they've never known before. 
I can't manufacture that. That is just a, a, a truth. That just shows that God is present in that, in that moment. And the effect of our prayers has got nothing to do with me or anyone else. It's just because God is present there. But this wasn't the case two years ago. Because two years ago, our lives looked totally different. And you're probably wondering, how did we transition? Well, it's easy. Two years ago, we would be in church, and we would have godly friends and godly discussions and go to life group and fellowship and all of that. And in those times with our friends, we will discuss God and have a great discussion of how beautiful He is, how big He is, what He wants to do in our lives, and we will discuss and discuss and discuss. But we never had the ability to recognize that He was there with us the whole time. And we never fixed our eyes on him. Like you're probably wondering why Stephen been sitting here for 12 minutes. <laughs> That's exactly how our lives was. It happened in front of God. But we never stopped to look him in the eyes. And once we started looking God in the eyes, hearing his voice, speaking to him, allowing our hearts to connect with, with his heart, once that happened, we transitioned from a place from Discussion without presence to a place of presence without discussion. So, so that's the, the major transition in our lives, is recognizing that God is present. Okay. So for me, so what happened, what did the big transition for me, for Stefan, and in a way for Nastasha also, but the shift that happened in me is actually, um, is, you, you all know the word, quiet time? Have you heard that word? Okay. Now, two years ago, I dreaded that word. Okay? So I want you to imagine this. Imagine God sitting at a coffee table in a restaurant. And we go to him daily. Because we sing this song when we are little, that we must go to God daily. We must pray. And we must read our Bible. And that's what we do. The religious habit that we have. So two years ago, when I would go to God, say, for instance, at this coffee shop at the table, I would go and I would sit and I would be like, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. I haven't been here in a while. I know, I know, but um, I've, it's just been difficult. I'm sorry. I'm sin. I know I'm dirty. I'm not supposed to be here now. Um, I'm sorry, Lord. Just forgive me. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, do, do, will, you, will you maybe, will you maybe forgive me? Will, will you allow me to actually, like, oh, probably not, probably not. Sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. That was the condition of my heart. I would spend, at that stage, 10 minutes with God, and 8 minutes would be apologizing. 8 minutes will, will um, contain statements like, I'm not good enough. It will be out of a heart that I can't please my Father. I'm not welcome in His presence. I can't sit with Him at the table because I'm not meeting the standard to be able to connect to it, with Him. And then I, would, then I had this amazing thought. I would think, okay, which is good. I'm going to read the Bible, and then I'm going to get to know Him. So I would sit in front of Him, and I will read my Word. And I will read a chapter, and I'm like, okay, I know God better now. He is holy, holy, holy. He's, he's better. That's better. I know Him better now. But, but this place, this coffee table, this meeting place between me and God, wasn't a place I loved. <laughs> it wasn't a place I looked forward to go to, because I felt so guilty and unworthy. So what did I start to do? I started to serve in the restaurant where God is sitting. 
which is also known as the church. Um, so I would walk around in the restaurant cleaning, serving, doing dishes, or being um, at intercession. I would, I would work around God like Martha. And then when people come into the restaurant, I'm like, God is sitting at that table. Go, go, go. He wants to meet with you. But I never had the, the, the ability or the heart of, I never felt like I could go and sit there and communicate with my father. And then I hoped, I hoped that one day, by serving around the table, God will tell me, my son, please sit. Now I'm going to promote you. <laughs> now I'm going to share with you who I am. And that was, that was the lie that I, was, that I was believing. And I want to take you to a scripture in Isaiah. And it's Isaiah 6. And from verse 1 to 4, it sets the scene. But basically, Isaiah is entering the temple. And it speaks about God's um, robe filling the temple. And then there's basically uh, seraphs, which like got six wings and two to cover the ears and two the feet and two are flying. And they are singing, holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. And the doorposts are shaking. So this is this environment where God is, is in his, his temple and his presence are made known. He is present there. And the doorposts can tell you that because they are shaking. And Isaiah's response was, woe to me. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And that was the condition of my heart. I was going to a place where God is residing, where He is, and I would have a heart's condition that says, Woe to me. I'm not worthy to sit here. I'm not worthy to be here. But then God did an amazing thing two years ago. He told me, Stefan, you're believing a lie. Because what happened to Isaiah is, one of the seraphs flew to Isaiah with a live coal in his hand, which had taken tongs from which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, "See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for." And that's what God came to tell me. He's like, Jesus has paid to pay the price. You are my son. You are welcome to sit with me. And like Isaiah had once that. Coal touched his lips, and he knew that he was atoned for and welcome in, the, in, the, in God's presence. Isaiah responded, um, or Isaiah actually for the first time could hear God speaking. And God said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And the same Isaiah that said, woe, responded with, here I am, send me. Because he realized he is welcome in his father's house. And that has, that has changed my life like that. Because now in the mornings when I go to God, it's not like this anymore. It's like this. I can look God in the eyes and I can share with Him what's on my heart. But sometimes I can just look at Him and worship Him and say, God, You are beautiful. How great You are. How beautiful You are. How wonderful Your works. How wonderful Your love. And sometimes I will sit with God and I will read the Word and God will be like, You know, my son, you know why I wrote that? It's because this is who I am. You know why I sent Paul there? Because I wanted to teach him this. And God will, there's a discussion, there's a relationship where my heart and God's heart can connect every day. And this is our, this is our value as a couple, but it should be our value as Christians. Is that we don't leave the house if we haven't spent time with God. Nastasha has been spending an hour a day for the last six years with God. It's a commitment she made in 2012. I spend 45 minutes a day, sometimes an hour, but that time zone. 
with God every day. We don't miss it. Out of a thousand days, we'll probably miss one. That is if it's hectic. But we live from a place that God is present for us. Firstly, every day, God is present for me to meet with Him and to connect with Him heart to heart. We, sometimes we, we lead at Ignite, and Ignite starts at half past seven. And we are at church at seven o'clock. So Sundays, we wake up at half past four so that we can spend our time with God before we come to church. I did a half Iron Man in January. I woke up an hour earlier so that I can have my time with God before I'm going, going um, on the half Iron Man. And this is the lifestyle that we are living. And this is why we have transitioned. This is why I have transitioned from a place of talking about God to a place of allowing or recognizing that He is present for me firstly and then secondly for those around me. So God is so amazing that He's taken me also on a journey for the past two years of um, learning to listen. But I just want to compare it to a um, situation in the natural where I was, um, when I was 20 years old, I had this good friend of mine and um, we would go on lots of coffee dates and most of the time I'd be telling him all my stories and it was amazing. And then until one day he said, Nastasha, maybe um, you should practice listening a bit. bit. (laughs) And I was like, okay, 20-year-old. And then um, there was this awkward silence. (laughs) And he was like, okay, why don't you ask me how it's going with my sister? So I'm like, okay, how's it going with Nicola? And he tells me. And then there's this awkward silence. And I'm like, la, la, la. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, ask me how it's going with my studies. So I ask him, okay, how's it going with your studies? And he answers me. And since that day, I never knew I didn't know how to listen. Like no one told me how to listen. So usually when I had conversations with people, I would just, when they ask me something, I, t- I answer. And then um, while they're speaking, I'm thinking of how I can like jump onto that and speak again. And until that day, like someone taught me how to listen. (laughs) So I went on this six-month journey after that where I just listened. People would talk to me and and ask me a question, and then I give them a one-liner, and then I ask them questions. That's literally what I did for six months. I would just ask questions, and I would listen. And then God said, okay, you can balance it out again. You may speak some more, and clearly I do now again. (laughs) But... (laughs) um, it was the same journey that the Holy Spirit took me on two, two years ago, in the beginning of last year, where um, it was a Wednesday morning, and Stefan and I, we lead a life group, like he said, on a Wednesday evening. And so on a Wednesday morning before work, then we um, pray for life group. And so on this morning, I was doing what I usually do, how I pray, and um, the music was going, and I'm thinking okay, I think this needs to happen in life group tonight, and I think um, you, you probably want to change this in, in this person tonight, and, um, and I think that person needs breakthrough, and I'm about to start praying, and the Holy Spirit stops me, and he's like, no, 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 not by power nor by might, but by my spirit. So I'm like, huh? <laughs> and, <laughs> um, it's a verse in Zechariah 4 verse 6, but he's like, not by power or by your thinking or your understanding of what needs to happen tonight, but by my spirit. So I'm like, okay, so what, 
what, is, what do you want to do tonight, Lord? And um, then there was this awkward silence. And then he told me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my heart started like racing, and I got excited. And I shared with Stefan what I think God wants to do tonight. And he's like, um, I also feel like God's going to do that. And all of a sudden, we're so excited about what God's going to do tonight. And guess what? He did it. Yeah, so, so there's actually this verse in, in Romans 8 verse 14 that says, the mature children of God respond to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So that was the impulse of the Holy Spirit, and it excites a lot. And um, I just realized I way prefer this way of praying because in the past, I used to come up with what I think I need to pray, and then already I'm thinking, how I'm going to make this happen because I'm not used to seeing God answer those prayers. And then I'm striving and I'm frustrated and my prayers are frustrating. And they're all based usually on problems. And so I would like bring to the table my thinking, what needs to happen. And God said, no, put that to the side and do it by my spirit. Hear from me what I want to say. (laughs) Um, let, let me bring something to the table. I want to bring something to the table first. And, um, yeah, so God has been bringing things to the table over and over and over in the past two years. And, and he's just, he's still telling me this so often when I want to do something, um, because I'm quite a doer. But then he says to me, not by your thinking, not by your power, not by your trying, but by my spirit. And then, like, you could um, say this is God, and he's now told you you've learned to listen. You've heard from him what he wants to do. Then you could take this and try to do it yourself, right? (laughs) But I learned that I can't do that. I now need to tag team God. So I'm like, okay, God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to deliver this package? And I'm like, going with them all the way. So often he would tell us, okay, I want to do this in life group tonight. But now I can't figure out how he wants to do it. Like I need to tag team him the whole evening and be like, okay, are you going to do it now? Are you going to do it now? Okay. And he, he also, God, a lot of Christians say, if it's the will of God, he will do this. He will deliver the package. Or um, if he didn't do it, then it wasn't his will. But he loves us so much that he wants me to tag team with him, and he wants to do, he wants to deliver his package through me. It is the will of God. He wants to deliver this package. So now uh, we're in life group, and we're like, are you going to do it now? And then he says, now. So I'm like, is there anyone with this and this and this? Because God's going to do this and this and this. And then people respond, and then we're like, okay, I'm taking the package. I put my hand on you, and God delivers the package, and he does what I could never do. So um, there was, um, at, the, at the ladies' retreat this year, um, I, I, they were, we were praying for Holy Spirit baptism, for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I knew what the package was that I need to bring. But now, as I was used to doing, I'm chatting to God. I'm standing behind a lady that I'm going to pray for to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And my one hand's here, and my other one's here. And I remember I'm talking to God while I'm standing behind her, and I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm going to stand in front of her, and then I'm going to go fire, like they did. 
<laughs> like, the, <laughs> like in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came on people with fire and then they just started praying in tongues and they started prophesying. So that's what's going to happen. Hey, God. And he's like, no. <laughs> and so I'm like, but that's what they did in Acts. <laughs> and, and now I'm like, okay, um, I've learned to, to deliver the package how he wants to deliver it. So he says, no, 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 you're just going to stand in front of her, and then you're going to ask her, you, um, do you want the Holy Spirit? And then she must ask the Holy Spirit to come into her. And I'm like, so I'm not going to go fire <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> so, so I take the package, how he said, and I stand in front of her, and what comes out of my mouth is like, you really want the Holy Spirit, don't you? And she's like, yes. And she, so, she was just so desperate for the Holy Spirit. And in that, then I said, well, just ask him to baptize you now. And then she asked him to baptize her. And immediately she started praying in tongues, like the effect that I've never seen. And she just started praying in tongues and laughing and crying. And I'm just like, wow, the fire. It worked like the fire. <laughs> but... but <laughs> So he delivered the package how he wanted to. <laughs> um, so I've learned to listen. I've learned to tag team God, and I've learned to deliver the package how God wants to deliver the package. Um, and another thing God has been teaching me, so that's the one journey of learning to listen. The, there's another journey he took me on, which is very similar, but it's... Um, it's a book I read last year. It's called Happy Intercessor by Benny Johnson. And she explained something um, in terms of three realms. And so um, I'm going to just explain to you what's in each realm because it meant a lot in my life. But in the first realm, so it's, she's talking about how we pray. And I realized I used to pray a lot in the first and the second realm. I didn't have a clue about the third realm. Um, and so if you imagine, you know, when, like at the end of church, then we minister and we pray for people. So think of that as an example. So say, for instance, I'm standing behind a lady and I'm going to pray for her. She has um, heavy depression for the past two months. And now the first round, I would ask her, okay, what's wrong in the natural here on earth? And she would tell me she's um, experiencing depression. Okay, then I would, with my thinking, I would pray for her, what I think I need to pray in the natural. I would respond, and I would say, and I would pray, okay, God hasn't given you um, a spirit of heaviness, but an oil of gladness, and so spirit of heaviness go in Jesus' name. I would pray like how I would think to pray. That's the first realm. The second realm is okay, I ask her what's wrong. She tells me in the natural she has depression, but then I realize. God wants to, he can have a solution that's different to what I'm thinking right now. And so I ask God, how do you want to deliver this woman of depression? And I ask, what do you want to do from heaven? So it's kind of like from earth and then from heaven. And then he says, okay, this lady, two months ago, this and this happened. She needs to deal with this situation. And I want to heal this in her heart. And then the depression is going to go or whatever. Um, and then he heals her. So I was mostly praying for people from that first and second realm. But now there's a third realm. The third realm is heaven. It's just heaven coming to earth. And so what that looks like is now I stand behind someone. I don't want to know what's wrong in the natural. I just want to know what does God want to do. 
So I stand behind someone before I start praying for them, and I ask God, what do you want to do? And he'll normally give me a word or a picture or a feeling or something. Sometimes it's very small. I hardly know how to use it. But then I will stand in front of the person, and instead of asking them what's wrong, I'll say, do you mind if I just start praying and and just um, hearing from God what he wants to do? And then at the end, if I haven't covered anything, then you can tell me what you came forward for prayer for. And then I would just go with this word or this picture, and usually God just like, it comes like in these pieces, and it just like comes through me, and he just speaks through me, and and stuff happens, and usually the person will be um, crying or laughing or experiencing intense peace, or just, you'll see, God has just moved. And then, most of the time, I will ask, is there anything else? And there's nothing left on this earth here to pray for anymore because God has done what he wanted to do. And it's way more exciting because, you know what, it's not problem-focused. God doesn't want to live in reaction to what's happening on the earth. He doesn't want to live problem, he doesn't want to um, move in reaction to our problems. He wants to do what he wants to do. He's on the offense and he wants to let us spend so much time in heaven that we know what he's doing there and how he wants to bring it to the earth. There's a, there's a um, verse in Ephesians 2 verse 6 that says, um, we as believers are co-seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. And so I've been just spending some time. What does it look like in heaven? What is God busy with? What does he look like? What is, what, what is the experience there? And then he wants to bring that down to here. It's way more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the, the key thing in my journey has just been um, acknowledging that God wants to speak that God wants to put something on the table before I put my thinking on the table. And then I want to tag team God and see when is he going to move. And then when he wants to move, I need to deliver the package, how he wants to deliver the package. And then I need to spend some time when I'm alone with him and wherever I am, getting to know the heavenly realm and what's happening up there and what he wants to do so that I can let it happen around me so that he can be present. So yeah, in, in, in essence, our journey this past two years and a lot of stuff that I shared was also the journey that Nastasha was on. A lot of stuff she shared is we co-journeyed on this. And, um, and in, in essence, we do life of, in, our, in this journey. We have learned that we need to recognize that God is present. And present means He's here. And I can engage with Him. He can give me, He can give us a package for someone or for myself. But I don't need to manufacture anything. I'm welcome to, to, to connect with him and to speak to him and to act on his behalf as a child. And, um, and this has changed a lot. And this has opened doors for us in this journey to just experience more of God in our own lives, in our own time with him, but also in, um, in ministry, in giving, experiencing more stuff like healings and stuff. Just because we have recognized that He is here. He's ever-present. And that's the one thing tonight that we want to actually just leave behind, is that the presence of God is not some mystical thing in the air and some weary thing where you need to be transported to and then you experience it. God is omnipresent, but He also wants to make Himself manifest 
He wants to make his presence manifest as where you're at. And we can be in any place, whether it is a bed and breakfast, an airplane, which is closer to heaven, or wherever. We, if we, when we recognize that God is in that situation, that he is there, like Stephen was sitting here, that is God with us every day. And once we start living in that reality, our lives will change. Everything will change. Our lives and the environments around us. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.